Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is the Eastside Liquor Halftime Podcast. Oh, intermission. No, it's halftime. Stop by 9390 Rogers Avenue for the best liquor, beer, and wine deals in the River Valley. Check out Eastside Liquor on Facebook for weekly specials. Say goodbye, Darren McFadden, 80 yards, touchdown. Aaron Torres is with us for a Friday morning chat as we uh, get set for uh, Arkansas's eighth game before their bye week finally. AT, how's everything in your world today? Everything's great, gentlemen. How are you guys doing today? You ready for that bye week or what? I think we have to be ready for the homecoming game first, but absolutely. Uh, there's no doubt. Yeah, I think everybody's ready for a bye week, but a bye week going in with a win, uh, certainly not a loss because I think uh, I think Ooh. a loss to Mississippi State, you know, the hey, mm-hmm. basketball plays tonight. They've got a Division two exhibition. You had media days the last couple of days. Heavy expectations on the basketball team. I think there's a distinct possibility that with a loss for the football team to Mississippi State tomorrow, there's a, there's a chunk of the fan base, a big chunk that just starts to move on to basketball season. A thousand percent. Yeah, and it's, it is it is amazing the energy, um, you know, of positive or negative going into a buy. I mean, listen, you know, not to not make it about Arkansas, but, you know, this was one of the things when I went on in College Station last week that we were talking about was, hey, you want to beat Tennessee for a lot of reasons, but you also don't want to go in, in their case, it would have been on a two-game losing streak and, and have all the negativity surrounding the program. At Texas A&M, you have that. You know, there's a Bruce Feldman report on buyout stuff, whatever. And now that just that stuff just lingers in the air for two weeks. And so it, it's obviously not quite the same in Arkansas, but I think it is, is that, you know, it'd be one thing if, if last week was Mississippi State and, and, you know, you get the win and this week was Bama and you don't get, like, like there's a lot of variables. But Mississippi State, I don't believe, is very good this year. And as you said, Phil, you need some positive momentum going into the back half. We talked about it last week. The, the back, I, it's not the back half. I guess it's the back, you know, quarter of the schedule or so but you know there are wins to be had in that in that stretch to to finish the season the the early part of the schedule was so brutal but you got to get this win and again you got to have some positive momentum going into that bye Aaron, uh, i know all these coaches are always kind of coaching for the job is what they would say but do you think this is one of those games that that coach Pittman kind of on the hot seat needs this win to, to keep his job I guess the question, you know, you guys know the program so much better than me, Matt. Um, But what I would say is, you know, I don't know if – I'm not smart enough to know if he would keep his job, he'd lose his job. But if you don't win this game, then winless in SEC play is at least on the table. I know you still have Auburn. You still have Florida, which is kind of up and down, although that game's in the swamp. Um, And what I would say is, you know, you lose this game – and it, it, it's hard to argue that the program's going in the right direction, right? And, and you know, there, there's ebbs and flows with every program every year, but really, obviously, that 2021 season, you go 9-4, and four, you beat all your rivals, it's this incredible season, and then to fast forward to, to what you'd be potentially looking at if you lost this game, um, you know, I, I don't know if Sam Pittman would, would get the benefit of the doubt in an extra year, I mean, because, you know, again, I, th- I think it would it would ultimately come down to not just what happens this week, but what, what would happen the rest of the year. But if you lose this game, there's obviously, as Phil just kind of referenced, no real reason for excitement for that final four four game stretch to end the year. You're basically back is is literally against the wall as far as bowl eligibility is concerned. And I think at that point, there's no doubt that the program is heading in the wrong direction. That's not where you want to be in year four. Um, so. I'm going to be glasses half full and, say, and try to stay positive and say you get the W, but if you don't, Matt, then I think those questions start to get very, very, very serious. Yeah, I think this is his biggest game as as a Razorback coach. Agreed. I think it's a it's a pretty big game. Speaking of big games, Aaron, this Penn State-Ohio State matchup, uh, do you, you think Penn State can go into uh, Ohio State's backyard and get a victory? 
I, I absolutely think they can. You know, um, I, you know, I don't know if they will. They they haven't played a very tough schedule so far. Drew Aller, their quarterback's a redshirt freshman. He hasn't played in an environment like this. But I'll say this, guys: a couple things. One. Uh, one, I don't think the talent gap is is very big. I mean, I'm not a, a, a you know a, a recruiting expert, but uh, you look at NFL draft boards, and, and Penn State's got as many dudes at the top of those things as as Ohio State does. Ohio State's coming in really injured. They, two of their top three running backs and their their second best wide receiver behind Marvin Harrison were both out last week. Uh, then their third leading rusher and their best cornerback went out during the game. Uh, it sounds like some of them may be back, but they're really banged up and I think the important part too is they're banged up while Penn State is about as healthy as you can be at this time of year. They're essentially coming off a double bye. They played uh, UMass last week and had a bye the week before so really have had three weeks to get ready for this game. Um, you know you talk about I don't want to say it's must win for James Franklin but I, if you can't get this win under these circumstances uh, I, you're probably never going to break into that elite elite echelon of the Big Ten. So you you talk about a mega game and everything kind of trending in the right direction for Penn State. This is absolutely that. No doubt, no doubt. You, I, when you think of the Big Ten and you think of specifically that division, you think of Ohio State and Michigan, one and two, or you know, depending on the year, two and one. Penn State is third tier. Um, I don't know if the folks inside Pennsylvania necessarily view it that way, but that is the truth because Michigan and Ohio State have been in the playoff recently. Ohio State's got a national championship uh, during the playoff era. Penn State hasn't even sniffed it, so I agree. I mean. This is big for Penn State to try to get back to where they think they belong. Well, and it's really interesting because I, I believe I could be wrong on this stat, Phil, but I don't think I am. I believe there's three seasons, including last year, by the way, where Penn State literally went 10-2 and two that season, and the only losses they had were to Michigan and Ohio State. And so, you know, on the one hand, what I will say is, um, you know, what I will say is that you can argue that a 12-team playoff is probably going to help Penn State literally as much as any program in college football. I think if we had a 12-team playoff dating back like the last 10 years or something, they would have been in four or five times. But it was funny. I, on my podcast today, I, have a, I had a buddy who, who covers the Big Ten who went to Penn State, and I, he kind of referenced, like, it, there's almost like a validation of the program where that would come with being able to get into the playoff or at least into the conversation. You know, I mean, if you if you split these two games and there's only four spots, that's one thing. But, you know, you go 10 – like, like you, you figure out a way to go 11-1 and or 12-0, and win this division, win this conference, go to the Big Ten uh, – go to the playoff. There's no denying it where even next year, you know, you, you get into the playoff. Off, but it, it'll just it, it would feel a little bit different if you're the seven seed and you still know that you're not on that level. So one last thought on that is that you know James Franklin when he signed that extension a few years ago was kind of vocal about you know the commitment isn't where it needs to be. I'm not smart enough to know, but a lot of people have said that they really have improved a lot of things there as far as the infrastructure is concerned and things like that. So they're trending in the right direction. But this is one of those deals where you know if you're a coach and and, and you're right on the cusp and you're asking 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 at some time you at some point you got to deliver results. Uh, and I'll be curious if this is the weekend that it happens. Okay, let's look into the what is expected to be the top game in the SEC this weekend. And I love sure. this. I love this this whole thing together. The over-under for Tennessee-Alabama is 48. Eh. Both teams scored more than 48 points last year when they met. And it was 52 to 49. <laughs> I mean, so that's just crazy to think about how different these two teams are based on uh, for Bama, offensive line, quarterback, uh, and for Tennessee, quarterback really more than anything else. And these are two teams that have been very good defensively. I would see that would be an under for me today. No doubt. And, you know, listen, what I would say about this game with these two teams specifically is, um, you know, this is part of coaching, right? Like, like we, we always, oh, this guy's a good coach, that guy's a good coach. It's like, well, part of coaching is everything isn't always going to break your way, and sometimes you have to adjust, like, who you are and what you're about. And so 
seeing a Tennessee team that, you know, I don't have all the stats in front of me, but I think they're like a top 20 defense nationally. You know, in the SEC, there's so many good defenses. They're like third or fourth, but top 20 nationally in defense. I believe they have the number one rushing attack. This a year, Phil, after you reference, is like they, they threw the ball as well as anybody in college football. Uh, I'm just really impressed with what Josh Heupel has been able to do uh, to, to really, you know, accentuate the, the, the talents and, and hide the weaknesses of his team. And I think it's the same with Nick Saban, man. Like, yeah. you know, everybody, and I'm sure I did this rant on your show, but everybody was freaking out when they did all the quarterback shuffling in week two, week three. And I think it was Nick Saban trying to figure out, okay, what exactly are my strengths? What are my weaknesses? And how do we try to win football games doing that? And so, listen, I'm never going to, like, you know, um, uh, you know, throw a parade for Nick Saban because he's always got talent. But I think he's done a very, very, very good job this year um, in in accentuating the talents and hiding the weaknesses of his players. Now it leads to a lot of games on the margins, as we saw last week in in Tuscaloosa. We don't need to get into that one, but um, but he's been able to get to this point at, at six and one or whatever they are, and you know they win this game. They're they're right where they need to be as far as a West title, as far as a SEC championship and a playoff burst. So it's impressive. Now. Quickly, can I ask you guys? Do I have a, a second to ask you guys a question before we get out of here? Absolutely. Christian, start the recording. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, I, you know, it's a question for both of you, but obviously, Matt being the former player, Jim Harbaugh, Michigan, or, you know, I, I shouldn't say Jim Harbaugh because he denies knowing. Michigan, is this a big deal? Is it not? And I say it from two perspectives because I hear people say, oh, everybody steals signs. But if you're sending people to other stadiums, that feels highly illegal to me. It, like, it just feels like it's one of those either you're a Michigan fan and there's nothing to see here or you're on the other side. I, I think to me it's kind of a big deal, but I've had, oh, football, oh, everybody steals signs. So that was a very long way to get into the answer, big deal or not, what Michigan is accused of doing. Yeah, I mean, you know the rules. You, you, you should follow the rules. Uh, I didn't know it was a rule, Aaron, in, in, in high school. You know, my, my, my pops was a coach. And, and in high school, you send other coaches to go to go scout, you know, live scout. So I, I, I thought that was an acceptable thing. The way I look at it, Aaron, yeah. is that there's supposed yeah. to be an even playing field, and that's why the rules exactly. are created, no matter how weird the rule might seem. And I come from baseball, where in-person scouting is part of the culture. So yeah. I learned about this yesterday myself, that in-person scouting was illegal. I thought they were stealing signs at practice somehow, or stealing plays at practice. Um, I didn't realize what this was about. But... Rules are rules, you know, and this is different than, yeah, when you give seven miles an hour over the speed limit and stuff like that. Uh, everybody else is supposed to play by the same rules. And if you're not and you belong to an organization that sets the rules, you've broken them. It, to me, it is, it's that Thank simple. You. It's not a matter that this is a, a rule that doesn't make sense. Everybody agrees to the rules. You've got to follow them. Exactly. And if you're the only one doing it, and, and you are, like you're getting a competitive advantage, and I understand there are ways to – to quote unquote legally steal signs and that's part of the culture but it is you know I don't know why I'm arguing about this on an Arkansas radio station but it, it feels like there's like a, a segment of the population that's just like I mean come on everybody's doing it Torres stop being so sensitive you're so soft and it's like yeah, but like not everybody is sending people on the road, which is what Michigan's accused of. And I think to both of your guys' point, I didn't know that was illegal either, but it, it apparently is. And if nobody else is doing it, it is a significant competitive advantage that nobody else has. I, I think it's a bigger deal than a lot of people, and it just seems like you know people are pretty split on if it's a big deal or not. So I was curious for your guys' perspective. Hey, Aaron, I want, I want to ask you real quick. My, my final four right now is Georgia, Michigan, Florida State, Oklahoma, Washington after that game last Last, last week I got them in fifth, and you know Penn State, Ohio State's going to be should be a matchup uh, this week. Who is your final four right now? Well, my preseason final four is still in very good shape. I had Michigan, Alabama, Florida State, and Penn State. So my heart of hearts wants me to stick with that. I don't see the scenario where anyone. I don't think we're going to get two teams from one league in because I, I I think what I would say is. It, it, I would probably replace the second Big Ten team, I'll say Penn State for now, 
probably with Oklahoma or probably with Texas, excuse me. I think they'll win in a rematch. The Pac-12, you know, this, this is why I didn't pick a big Pac-12 team in the preseason. I don't think there's much separating that top five, six teams. So can Washington run the table from here? Can they get to, basically, can we get to a Pac-12 playoff with Oregon with one loss, Washington with one or zero, and it becomes a de facto playoff game? I don't know if those two teams can get through the back half of their schedule. So I will replace Texas with uh, Penn State, Texas, Florida State, Alabama, and, uh, and Michigan. It's football season at your neighborhood Buffalo Wild Wings. And with 64-inch TVs, beer, burgers, and, you know, wings, Buffalo Wild Wings is the best choice to watch the big game. So bring the gang and join us this football season at your local Buffalo Wild Wings in Bryant, Little Rock, Sherwood, Conway, Jonesboro, and Fort Smith. Buffalo Wild Wings, beer, wings, sports, and your home for any game. Roar! Hi, everybody. This is Chris George from Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russell. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Christmas gifts, weddings, heirloom family treasures. And at Joshua's Fine Jewelry, we only have one sale every year, and it's right now. Every single item in our store is value priced for Christmas. We do custom one-of-a-kind jewelry. If that's what you're looking for, come see us. You can get anything fixed for a Christmas gift. Selection, quality, service, and Christmas red tag prices now through Christmas at Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russell. We should kick around this uh, the phone call that we just got um, from Omaha, Arkansas, about coaches and the way that they can communicate to uh, to people and to kids. I think we're more talking about kids than anything else. If you're in a, if you're a professional, <laughs> if you're a professional and your boss isn't too pleased about anything you've done, chances are you you could get yelled at. Voices could get raised. It happens with parenthood too, and I think sometimes Matt. Um, the words might matter more than the way that they're delivered, although you can be frightened by somebody that raises their voice. A lot of times the volume is, you know, I know it's out of frustration. It's also to make a point. But I've seen, I mean, I've seen some coaches totally belittle or demean somebody, and I'm not talking about any of the coaches I work with right now, uh, and they do it, they can do it through uh, <clears throat> through just the way they look at somebody, or, or, or very quietly. <clears throat> Sometimes the quiet word hurts more than the, than the loud word, but um, you know what, what'll get the headlines, or somebody acting like a fool on the sideline, and you know, throwing a headset, or getting in somebody's face, or uh, just you know, losing their temper, so to speak. I guess, I guess we didn't get a chance to see Shane Beamer kick the chair, or whatever it was that broke his foot, but if that would have happened on the sideline, this would have been part of the whole discussion about that we would be getting into here. There, there's nothing like a locker room, man. Locker rooms, locker rooms. There's nothing else like it. Uh, you know, coaching's a lot of psychology, and you got to know when to kick him in the butt, and and you got to know when to put your arm around him. It's uh, you know, everybody's a little different, but I'm, I'm with you. You don't need to mf anybody. You know, you, you don't have to talk down to anybody. But the players, you got to you got to care. As long as you care, you're you're out there, and and that's the thing that you, that you see. You see a team fighting and they're caring they're believing they're trying you know you just coach them up a lot of it has to do with you got to know who it is you got to know who you're communicating to and and no it's it can never really be a one-size-fit-all and i think that's the same about how you communicate look you communicate to the group to the team uh you know however you're going to but on an individual basis it's it's going to be different person by person, and that's 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 what that, I mean. If you're a if you're a coach with a lengthy career, with a long career, then you know how to get along with people from from every different walk of life, and that also means that you have a sense of how to get along with, or at least administer to, or teach to, or mentor to um, people in in different ways as well. Because hey, you might recruit to a certain kind of player, but they're still going to be different. I think at the way that that they communicate or or how they take the words that you send to them. This says a lot about parenthood as well. Um, and I, I mean, I can't go down the, the, I can't go down the, the slippery slope of, you know, this is why society's in the place where it is. You try that tack. That's what everybody's been saying for the last seven, eight centuries, seven, 8,000 years. It was always better 40 years before. It means that's, that's just how everybody talks. Never underestimate the power of nostalgia. Absolutely, absolutely. But it's but but um, you know I think I think the idea of of yelling to yell 
you know, for, for every person that will text in, we got somebody texting in and said, I was thankful for the coach that yelled at me. I think for every coach, for, for, for every person who was thankful for that, I think there was somebody else who probably would have liked to be communicated in a different way. I don't think the one size fits all fits in this case. Uh, Jake in Hot Springs. Yeah, I mean, he's talking about uh, he's talking about a former coach uh, at a university in Arkansas that did not communicate to people very well, and it turned out to be the reason he lost his job. I'm sure the record was part of it as well, but sometimes the way you treat people and your win-loss record, they correlate a little bit. You want to get people to play for you? I don't know if you get people to play for you by belittling them. Some people did, though, I guess. Vince Lombardi might have been good about that. Yeah, you got to be consistent. Uh, you know, and, and what Jimmy Johnson say, that, that you, each player is kind of treated a little different. Like, if you're making plays on Saturday, then, uh, you know, if he said he said if he saw Troy Aikman kind of snoozing off in a meeting, he'd go elbow him. But then there was a backup middle linebacker that was snoozing off, and he got cut and never played again. No. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> And then you got to have people that also um, on your team, whether it's a coach. And, man, it really helps when it's one of the athletes, one of the players, one of the leaders hey, on when the you're, team when your best that helps players, reinforce those that's messages. Right. That's, I think Devo's a shining example of that. He's, he's one of the leaders up there, one of the best players. And you know who coaches him just as hard as anybody. Musselman gets on some Devo now. Well, think about the importance of that for this team and everything because you got a bunch of guys that are playing for Mus for their first year. You know, the two fr- the freshmen, all the transfers, first year that they've ever played under Eric Musselman. He's an enigma. And I say that with, uh, with, with all the respect in the world as a fantastic basketball coach. He is an enigma. He is an interesting personality. And we've seen him get on players, get on officials, get on opposing fans but a couple of times. he's consistent about it, you know? Right. Exactly. But it's also like this was, remember we kicked this around earlier about the, the idea that Devo Davis is going to be the only player maybe ever that plays for Eric Musselman for four years. Mr. Razorback. I love some Devo Davis. I'm, I'm ready to see. He, he's, he, I bet you he's better too this year, Phil. Like, uh, you know, he, he's been in the lab, been in the gym. Uh, all these players, Pinion, Graham, Brazil. I mean, man, they're going to they're gonna be fun to watch this year. But I, th- I, I think that his experience playing for Muss, you can't put a statistic on that. You can't. You know, you, know there, you, you get in a coach's doghouse sometimes. You wonder, why am I here? Why am I not on the floor? Why am I not, uh, why am I not doing what I thought I would do once I got here? You get a guy who's playing for you right now, your team captain, Mr. Razorback, who knows exactly why. He's been in the doghouse can communicate before. that. Yeah, exactly. That's right. He knows, and, he knows what to expect. But it's also going to come, I mean, it will, it'll mean something when if Muss or one of the assistant coaches communicates that to whomever, Tremont Mark, L. Ellis, Chandler Lawson, whomever. But it's going to carry even more weight when it comes from Devo, from somebody that has been in that doghouse and dragged himself out of it and led the way for a team for three years. I think that there's, you know, I don't, I'm, I'm sure there's going to be one. T- <laughs> I don't know they do team captains for the basketball, but he should be. And that's the guy you look to. Like if there's, a, if there's a, the inevitable swoon, which happens in early January every year, you know, who's the guy that really is going to help you dig out of that? Who's experienced that for the last three years? Who put on the vest with <laughs> the weighted vest and carried the bricks above his head? You, you know, you, you don't play the, the game for, for individual awards, but he, he's going to get a lot of them. He'll, he'll be in the Razorback Hall of Fame. I mean, he's, a, he's one of those. He's a special, he's a special Razorback. Absolutely. I have a feel. Well, he must got a technical in, a, in an exhibition game last year. I mean, you never know when he's going to get all fired up. Maybe that's to deliver a point or whatever, but that's <laughs> maybe that's a reason to go to the game today. Yeah, watch the team, watch the players get back inside Bud Walton Arena, hear the band and all the songs that they've played for however many years, and then to see if, if Must does something that is, uh, that's memorable. Chances are maybe not this one. Next week, the Purdue exhibition feels like a different animal. I want to see the the big seven four kid play. You know, he's he came back. Uh, you know, is he is he a little slow? You know, can he? I mean, he's seven four, uh, but you know, probably come back. He's getting a little nil money. Uh, see if he's going to be a first rounder. It'd be a good test. It'd be a great test for this for for Arkansas because I wonder about. Well, it's not like everybody's got seven foot four. 
Just go under the basket. Yeah, just go pin. You know, kick the ball around the corner. Pin. I mean, how do you guard? Some. I mean, it's going to be wild. Who's the five on this year's team? I mean, Brazil. Brazil is he a five? I mean, he's got the height. I don't. Yeah, he's a five four, but he's mm-hmm. outside five. He can go inside as well. I guess the one of the twins that stayed. He he might be the starting five. I mean, he's a defensive president. He's a he's a really good passer. That's that's one thing that I, I think to play being that starting five with Coach Musselman, you got to be able to pass the ball, and and, and they share the ball really well. I guess you're also hoping that Bay Fall kind of grows into that role, too. It's like a rim 11. protector? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and, I mean, not enforcer necessarily, but somebody that plays around the rim and, and looks comfortable doing it. Is, do you think this team's going to be a bigger team or not necessarily bigger on the guards with, with their wingspan, but we're going to have some height down low with a little bit of athletic ability, and then we're going to have a better outside shot? Like, these are two areas you think we're going to be, I think we're going to be improved in. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you get guys that are going to get some run that 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 have that kind of height and we I were kind of undersized last year weren't we did it feel that way at times outside of the mitchell twins yeah and i think losing brazil was one reason why you felt like yeah that. that's what i'm saying we felt undersized mitchell graham you had walsh playing a four a lot which that was that was that was good but brazil be be around the rim and and, and i think i got a lot of questions about bay fall as a freshman, um, you know how much he'll be able to contribute. But I think, I think as he grows uh, in in both ways, physically and emotionally, uh, maybe hopefully he can be that kind of uh, rim protector and somebody that plays with a little bit of that gur too. I wonder. I, I love that he's getting to go up against Jalen Graham every day. That's a guy that has an array of, of offensive moves, and maybe he can pick something up uh, from him. Yeah, you got to get beaten first to learn how to defend some of those moves right. too, right? Yeah. Nate Olson, Scorebook Live, high school football, the topic next on Halftime. Hey, sports fans, don't let plumbing issues throw you off your game. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric is here to tackle those pesky drain blockages and ensure your water heater is always an MVP form. With Pascal's world-class service, you can count on a winning play every time. Whether it's a quick drain clear or a water heater touchdown, Pascal's got the expertise to keep your home running smoothly. Stay in the game and leave the plumbing to the pros. Schedule your service online anytime at gopascal.com. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Are you in need of an attorney? Hickey and Hull Law Partners is your firm. Hickey and Hull understand the importance of client communication, meeting with you, responding to emails, and returning calls. Hickey and Hull are attorneys you can trust to guide you through a divorce or a custody case, criminal charges, or even civil lawsuit. Ready to put their seven decades of experience to work for you and get the best results. Every case is important. Hickey and Hull Law Partners strive to give each client the time and attention it deserves. Visit them at KevinHickeyLaw.com. Hickey and Hull Law Partners. Things are about to get better. And now, back to the podcast. With Nate Olson from Scorebook Live, also co-host of the High School Football Scoreboard Show. You'll hear that on ESPN Arkansas later on, along with Rex Nelson. Nate, happy Friday. Happy Football Friday. What's up? Oh, it's... Busy, you know. It, uh, it it is always great when it's Friday. Enjoy coming on and talking with you, and uh, in a few hours we'll be watching football. The weather's good, and and I said on another show this morning that uh, you know eight, nine, and ten is what we're looking at here. And each week we're going to be talking about some bigger and bigger games. It seems like a lot of the schedules are backloaded, and some of the bigger games are at the end. So uh, really, really starting to heat up and we'll be talking playoff implications and seating and and all that and i'll be getting my abacus out i'm not a numbers guy i kind of lean on uh walter woody on the show uh, rex and i do he gets that uh, old adding machine out of the abacus and starts figuring out these playoff seatings and tiebreakers and there's a couple conferences there's a conference in 4a that has six teams with two losses right now so that could get very messy uh two Friday nights from now, uh, Walter will be busy uh, adding and subtracting and uh, looking at tiebreakers. Well, before we get into the the schedule this weekend, I saw the AAA came out with a mandate about how you're going to go through post-game handshakes now for football. And, yeah. I mean, does this all stem from that big fight with, uh, who was it, Pine Bluff? And I uh, forget the other school that, that, that got yeah. involved in that. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Uh, it's, I think some of these things are already, 
you know, being done by a lot of schools. I think it's kind of a reminder to everybody um, how we want to do this or how they want to do it. Um, and it's, it's basically, you know, the game is over. Have the coaches and the administrators down on the field facilitating that line <clears throat> and then some guidelines on if there's a fight and also just letting the players know that, hey, if you, if you partake in this, you're going to be suspended. Um, and I mean, this, there has not been a huge rash of this. I think that the one with, with Pine Bluff and Mills was ugly. Uh, it got way out of hand. Uh, but I played incident. Uh, I think both clubs learned from that. Uh, and I don't anticipate that happening again, hopefully. But, uh, you know, it, it this, this story created a lot of buzz. I, some people are kind of mad that, you know, they're like, well, this should be common sense or, you know, they should just suspend them. I, I think, a lot, like I said, I think most schools are already, you know, when I've been on the field a lot with a, as a sideline reporter, and I go right to the handshake line to talk to the coach, so I've seen a bunch of handshake lines. Typically, it's without incident, and both teams line up, and they go through it. And uh, the losing team usually, you know, has their head hung, and they're trying to get through the line, and um, they do it. And But usually coaches are down there supervising and all that stuff. So I think a lot of the teams are already doing it. So it's a reminder to make sure it doesn't happen again. Um, and if it does, you know, you know there's the penalties. So... Uh, it, it created it created quite a bit of buzz and discussion more than I thought it really would, but um, they thought it was important to send it out to the schools, and I think a lot of administrators looked at that and said, "Well, maybe we weren't doing this; we should do it." And a lot of them were like, "Well, that's what we're doing, and we'll we'll continue to do it." Nate, it is a absolutely perfect night for Arkansas football, and you know I like quarterback play. Uh, what's up in this Elkins at Ozark match? Oh, yeah, you'd love this guy, um, Blade Dean. They call him Dizzy. His distant relative is Dizzy Dean, the baseball pitcher. So um, Dizzy and Daffy Dean, I know Phil knows all about those guys. And uh, so they, they, he kind of took the name Dizzy, and but you know his name's Slade. He's a former Greenwood quarterback, so think about that. But he could be there with... Uh, Kane Archer, and he, he he took off, went to Elkins, and uh, he's he's made that offense his own. It's a high octane offense. You would really enjoy watching him. Uh, he 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 has a running back named Deshaun Cheers to go with him. So Cheers has run for 781 yards, 16 total touchdowns. He can catch the ball out of the backfield. Dean's over 1600 yards in 24 tees. One of the better quarterbacks, regardless of class. I think Elkins gets slept on a little bit in the 4A. We think about Malvern. We think about Warren, Harding Academy. But look out for Elkins. They can put up points. That's what you'd like to watch about them. I mean, they put up 60 points a couple times, close to 70. They're fun to watch. They're averaging 56 points a game and no less than 41 in every contest. Then when you look at the flip side, you've got a different kind of quarterback, maybe a guy after your own heart, Matt, Colby Wilbanks. 1,900 total yards. He'll run it a little bit. He can throw it. Um, 23 touchdowns. So a little bit of a contrast in styles, but a lot of offense in this game tonight probably. Um, you know, Ozarks won five straight games by considerable margins, but they haven't played as much tough a schedule. They lost to Boonville on September 1st, and they've rolled since then. So this is a huge game um, at Ozark in your neck of the woods in the River Valley, just down the road on I-40. So... Maybe you could run over there and go to the Hillbilly Hideout afterwards and get a little. That's that's uh, breakfast go-to place for breakfast. So man, Ozark's Ozark's God's there. Yeah, Ozark's God's country, man. I've been to the hideout. That's in the uh, that's at the gas station right there off the highway. Yeah, pretty. Yeah, I I know you made all those trips on I forty. Feel that's definitely a place you want to stop. It's it's a good good place to stop. Use the vet restroom, gas up, and they've got the restaurant there. So. That's that's one of the the stops that Rex makes often when he goes to Oklahoma to to cover GAC games. Yeah, I've seen him talk about that a lot. I still get thrown off by the mannequin that's sitting there on the bench when you walk in. <laughs> uh, every single time, I'm like, whoa. Who? Every time. I, I was there a few weeks ago on my way to Oklahoma, and I was barely awake. And I walked in there and just, I yeah, I, and I know that thing's there, but I was staggering in there to get a cup of coffee. And, uh, yeah, it, it got me again. It's probably about the thousandth time it's got me. 
Calvert wants to know about the Boonville-Charleston 3A1 game. Huge. Both teams undefeated in the league. What a huge game. I, I think this is one of the biggest games of the night, regardless of class or location. These are, these are rivals, um, not separated by much distance. Last year, that game was kind of marred because the Boonville was with, missing several players. Um, and Charleston blew them out twice, and that they blew them out in the championship game, too. And I, I think there was a motivation for Charleston because a lot of people said, well, you, you won the first game because they were shorthanded, and they didn't have some key players. So then they came back in the championship game, they did it again, and they dropped the mic, and uh, that was a huge win uh, again for Charleston. And this year, Charleston has um, a less experienced roster. They've still got Reese Mareshka. He's a, two, he's a two-way guy. DB, receiver, he catches the ball in space, he makes plays, lines up in different uh, areas of the field. A real, what you call playmaker. He just makes plays and gets the ball, and uh, he's, he's a touchdown waiting to happen. Hard-nosed guy on defense. Uh, they'll throw it around a little bit and try to get it to him. Um, Broomville is a run-oriented offense. They've got Dax Goff, who is a really, he's a football player's football player. He's a hard-hitting running back and a linebacker. He's going to Harding University to, to get uh, put in their run-oriented scheme there. They love him. Uh, the fullback kind of position, you know, he can play that big guy, 6'2", 220. It's hard on defense. Uh, got some looks from Kansas State, some other D1s, but headed to Harding. And then they've got Ryland Ray in the backfield, too. So they're going to run it 90% of the time. Uh, so they're, But they are fun to watch. They, they execute that offense so well. So this is going to be a real... You know, hard-hitting game, you know, a classic small-town battle. All the, the, You know, everybody from each town will be there. Uh, I like Boonville a lot, being a more veteran team. But uh, Charleston's kind of had their numbers. So uh, if Charleston can pull this off, you know, they went 0-3 in the non-conference, played an ambitious non-conference schedule. Uh, they're rolling now. Boonville's pretty much been rolling the whole year. So uh, this, this, will be, uh, this, is, this is on my list. Uh, this is a... If I could teleport myself to a game, this is one that I would go to. Um, it's going to be an awesome, awesome playoff rivalry, intense atmosphere. Nate, can, can you give me one? Give me one or two just surprise teams this year that that kind of have surprised you. That's been exceeding expectations. Um, yeah, there, there's been yeah, there's been a few. Um, you know. Rogers was one of those teams, and they're playing Bentonville tonight. You know, they did they lost to Fayetteville, but that was a team that uh, you know was was right there, uh, and they still have a chance. I think they can really surprise some teams in the playoffs. I mean, they they did lose two in a row, but the way they the way they almost beat Fayetteville, that was I mean they they looked like a seven A West title contender. If they win tonight against Bentonville, they could be the second place team. Uh, the other team is Alma. Um, they did lose to Harrison, but the way Jackson Daly's played, uh, they have a chance. They'll play Shiloh Christian in a week or two uh, for a share of that conference championship. I don't know if many people thought. And it's been a while since they've been undefeated in the league. It was like four or five years and they started off undefeated. So I think in, in your area, that would be, you know, those two teams would be um, for sure. Uh, but, yeah, I, Alma is, as you know, and Daly is supposed to be a tight end. They moved in the quarterback, and he, he's, he's been one of the more solid players in the state, just the, kind of playing out of position. I mean, that's, I mean, he can play quarterback, but probably in college is a tight end, one, a good tight end, too. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's a couple of them right there. Uh, let's get one more game in here. Uh, Shiloh at Farmington. What are you seeing here? Farmington's playing better lately. Um, they've, they've got a backup quarterback in there that, that's uh, kind of finding his ground a little bit. Uh, they're hard to beat at home. Uh, Shiloh, you know, they've been banged up too. They've got they had a, a freshman quarterback uh, in Cole Creighton, and he got hurt in the first game. Now Evan Baker split over from linebacker to the quarterback. And done a great job. Bo Williams was out for a while, uh, but he's back. The running back, so uh, they're they're one step away. You know, a couple steps here to an undefeated stage or a, uh, conference title. Um, Farmington could be formidable tonight on the road, but Dilo looks really good. I mean, that, they're they're not a surprise team, but I think 
the, the fact that they've dealt with so many injuries and then still been as dominant, that's a little surprising because I think some people thought, well, they're, they're really kind of on the ropes and with a, a linebacker playing quarterback, and he's essentially like their fourth-team quarterback or third-team because they had a guy move out and for two guys, actually. So, I mean, he was not supposed to play quarterback at all. So that, that shows you what kind of coaching they have there. So uh, it's business as usual at Shiloh. They're winning. Uh, doing it in a different way, uh, and uh, they'll have a, another big game here. You know, like I said, with Alma soon. Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use our promo code BELIEVE. That's B L E A V. Your fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. The Arlington Resort Hotel and Spa has everything you want for your next getaway. With the luxury and hospitality of a grand old Southern hotel, the accommodations are sure to please everyone. Visit our thermal water bathhouse for mineral water baths and massages, or enjoy one of our many dining options, like our Friday night seafood buffet, prime time in a fountain room every Saturday night, or our award-winning Sunday brunch. Located in downtown Hot Springs, the Arlington is steps away from shopping, entertainment, bathhouse row, and the hiking and biking trails of the National Park. Visit ArlingtonHotel.com for more Neil Atkinson is standing by from BetSarazin, Arkansas's favorite sports betting app. Anytime you want to put a little wager on your favorite sporting event, you got BetSarazin on your phone. And now is the best time for sports, major league playoffs, uh, college football really rounding into form. Got NCAA basketball less than a month away. NHL has started. NBA preseason and everything. And Neil, it's good to talk to you today, man. And I love you know every time we bring you on, we say that uh, Bet Sarazen is Arkansas's favorite sports betting app. But you got the stats to back that up. Oh yeah, uh, we were excited. Um, uh, it was great month for sports betting. The handle in Arkansas broke a record. Previously, it was March with March Madness, but last month was a record handle for online sportsbook uh, in Arkansas, and 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 and, and humbly enough, that Saracen was was number one. Uh, we had sixty two percent of that handle, and um, and the mark, you know, that's great. The market grew. Uh, we're maintaining uh, our market share. Our competitors are getting better because you know they're trying to keep up with us. So that's great for the consumer and. Uh, it's just very humbling that, that, that we are the choice of most of the Arkansas bettors uh, when they're choosing to make a sports bet. And, uh, and that's what it's all about, and that's, that's why we think we're successful with it, too. So let's see. Let's get into Arkansas, Mississippi State. Neil, you got the Hogs favored by 6.5, minus 240 on the money line. Line moved a little bit earlier in the week. I think from seven and a half down a point, but it stabilized. Um, was this uh, we, we, Zach Arnett's just been very tight-lipped about who's going to be a quarterback and the availability of Will Rogers right. and Joquavius Marks. You got other you got other coaches in the SEC who go about it a completely different way, like Brian Kelly. He 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 said we're going to do an injury report NFL style, and it was because of. Uh, sports betting. Zach Arnett's going at it a completely different way. So how does that change how you set the line? You know, um, actually that line actually came out, I think, at five and a half. And the Arkansas betters pushed it to minus six and a half like the first day that it came out because we, we went ahead and published the national line. And um, that one is this one is very, very tricky because if the backup quarterback goes, I mean, I think I, think I read he's He's been in 66 plays, and like 56 of them were rushing. So that's a completely different dynamic on the game if, if, if Rodgers doesn't go. So, I mean, that's where the betters, when they are, 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 are uh, making their last-minute decisions and, and then they find out who's going to be the starter, if you can react before we do, that may make a difference in the game. But I think we've got a pretty good line on this game, six-and-a-half and the over-and-under uh, I think it opened up around 50. It's down to 48 and a half unless it's moved in the last minute or so. But um, this game actually hasn't had a lot of movement on it this week except uh, early on in, in state stable. And, and, and 
That means the consensus is pretty much on it. Neil, what's what's some of your cool prop bets that you have? Uh, like a first Razorback touchdown, uh, how far Cam Little's longest field goal is. You got some cool cool prop bet bets this week. Yeah, we got we got uh, we got some uh, different prop bets in here. Um, I, I just wish I could have a rocket prop bet in here, but uh, it doesn't look like he's going to go. But um, what, one of the ones that we've got is is under our specials tabs is the KJ Jefferson over two hundred twenty nine passing yards and over one point five passing touchdowns. You get two to one on your money. Um, looking at Mississippi State's defense, uh, that's one that. You know, I'm, I'm 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 managing the risk on that one right there, uh, pretty good because that one's one of the more popular ones that we've got um, that that people are kind of hammering on. But, but the, the funny thing is, is that it all changes tomorrow morning because it seems like everybody gets up about seven or eight in the morning and they make their final decisions. Um, well, with an eleven o'clock game, we usually don't have as much money as if it's a later game. But um, this game is is is. I, the Arkansas Razorback fans are very, very hungry for a win. They've been away from Razorback Stadium for a month now. I think everybody's ready for them to be back up there playing on home turf. And uh, I, I think they're going to make some noise this weekend. And 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 uh, if 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 this code doesn't well turn loose and let me, I'm going to head up there either this afternoon or early in the morning, and I'm going to go to the game. The Saracens, the presenting sponsor for the game, and. Uh, uh, and I'm excited because I've never seen a game in Razorback Stadium any time that when I was at my first Razorback game up there. Well, it'll be it'll be a nice day for football and 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 uh, homecoming and the pageantry that goes along with it. And hopefully you get to see a victory uh, in this one, Neil. Um, I want to ask about uh, what did I see in the we, so the the over under for Tennessee Alabama is fewer points than either team scored against each other last year. I love those sort of <laughs> oddities. You know, when you look at man, well, year to year, it's not always going to be the same matchup. But that one kind of stood out to me. Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah. First thing I think on top of my head, well, that's what the transport portal does to you uh, from one year to the next. Because uh, last year, you know, by, I think it was a, a two-point game, fifty to uh, fifty-two to fifty. I, I can't remember what it was. As a Tennessee fan, I should know what it is. But um, that game is, is is a very very interesting game to me um, uh, on that one. And um, I, I am going to be wearing red at the Arkansas game, but uh, it's a little too close to crimson. And after the game, I may have to sneak some orange on somewhere. But uh, uh, I'm, I think I'm having to do one of the post-game shows tomorrow, so I'll have to wait until after that. But that Alabama game, um, you know, it, all of my Arkansas friends say uh, they want us to beat, I mean, want Tennessee to beat Arkansas, I mean, they beat Alabama because everybody likes to beat Alabama. And, 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 and now Georgia is sort of coming the same way in the SEC. What about, uh, you know, across the country? Is, is the Penn State-Ohio State game uh, getting a lot of action? Or what, what other games is, is kind of getting a lot of action? Well, um, you know, the funny thing is is that the Minnesota-Iowa game, with that over and under, is, is flirting with maybe breaking a record. Um, that's actually getting a little attention. Um, also, uh, the Duke and Florida State game is getting a lot of attention in our area. And, and and a lot of people are hammering Ole Miss against Auburn this weekend, too. So, you know, basically, if it's an SEC game, typically it's it, you could almost take the, the game, the SEC game of the week, you put Arkansas on top, and then you follow it by either Georgia, Alabama, LSU, and whoever they're playing. And that's usually where the money comes in from Arkansas betters. We are really, really SEC betters. Now, you know, you have your outliers when, when there was a lot of hype about Colorado earlier in the year, um, and, 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 and in a little bit in the NFL uh, last Thursday, you know, the, the Taylor Swift effect, I guess, with Kelsey. But, uh, but uh, the, we, we're SEC betters here in, in Arkansas. Wait, wait a minute here, Neil. You said yeah. there's a Travis Kelsey-Taylor Swift effect in Arkansas for betting on the NFL. Oh, well, you actually yeah, see this? Because yeah, well, let me tell you, last year, uh, uh, Dallas Cowboys were the most bet pro team. This year, the, the, the Kansas City Chiefs have overtaken the amount of action. And the difference between last Thursday night's game, where Kansas City was playing with the Twitter Swift effect, and last night's game was different. It was almost two to one uh, in the amount. But, of course, we, had, we didn't have NFL, I mean, uh, uh, Major League Baseball. Uh, championship series going on and, and, and uh, the preseason games and things like that. So it, we, we did about the same amount 
um, uh, last Thursday than we did this Thursday. It was just distributed across hockey and baseball and football this week, where last week everybody was all focused on the Kansas City, and, and there was a lot of talk on, uh, on Kelsey with the Taylor Swift thing. So it, those are some phenomenals that we've seen. And uh, Kansas City's now the number one, number one most bet team outside the Razorbacks here in Arkansas. Can you do prop bets on number of times that Taylor Swift is shown on television at a Kansas City game? I mean, you can put money on anything, yeah. right? Is that doable? Yeah, yeah it's... It, Generally, no, because that, that kind of goes over into the entertainment, which which they don't want us doing. So if it's not tied to an official stat that's put out by either the NCAA, the team, or the NFL, we kind we, of we kind of we, we avoid anything that, that, that you don't have a definitive uh, a record to be able to, uh, to, to you know, make the determination on, on, on how a bet is graded. So, right. yeah, well, uh, some of those things are fun. Uh, to kind of think at maybe those are the things you do with your buddy, but uh, in regulated sports betting, they, they they kind of frown against us uh, doing things like that. Well, you mentioned earlier, uh, just I think you said that Iowa and Minnesota flirting with a record. Um, this thirty, I, I was I was scanning on the the uh, the point totals on the Betsarazin app, and I thought, well, look at Air Force Navy, makes sense, thirty four and a half points for the service academies, and I thought that would be the lowest in the country. It's not by a field goal. Minnesota, Iowa, over under 31 and a half points. So I got a couple of questions yep. with this. One, have you ever seen a lower number than that? Two, do, I'm fascinated by Iowa football just because they only need 10 points to win a game sometimes. Do, right. do you find, are sports bettors in Arkansas interested in Iowa too? You know, these narratives, you know, like South, Southern California doesn't have a defense. Iowa doesn't have an offense. Do you find people betting on those specific ideas sometimes? Only if the media calls attention to it. If that's it's a story on ESPN, yep, that's what we're here for. So when it's on ESPN, when you're talking about it, just that's the Tater Swift Kelsey effect that got out, and that was making non-sports news uh, out there. So that brought some brought some attention to it. But you know, when you talk about it, you know they gravitate towards it, and 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 you know uh, what a, a new person that's going to be in the marketplace later on this year is ESPN bet and it's going to be very very interesting to see on how they focus uh, the betting attention with their content that comes up and uh, and it's going to be really really neat um, to see how that plays out and, uh, and and of course we keep eyes on things like that so uh, but yeah um, you know like the, the, the Iowa thing if we're talking about it yeah they will look at it um, because all the gambling sites kind of call attention to it especially since it's an outlier. And this one's really, really interesting. There's been two games that have gone off at 31 and a half, and um, both times they were with Iowa. And, and, and I was looking back, and both times those games went under. I think the average, uh, the, 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 the uh, 22 points is the average uh, points scored in those games. And uh, here we are again, Iowa and Minnesota, and it's at 31 and a half. And Wednesday, I was asked about it for uh, on Wednesday, and when I looked at it, it was briefly at 31 for a, for a short period of time. Yeah. Wow. Well, I can't wait to see how that thing goes down, Neil. And uh, I hope you have a great time at your first uh, game at Razorback Stadium. Should be a lot of fun. Maybe I'll see you there. Okay? I'm excited about it. You know, because I've gotten to go to uh, Bud Walton Arena and, and, and look. You know, um, I've been to a lot of SEC arenas in Arkansas, Bud Walton Arena. I wouldn't put it up against anywhere in the nation, to be honest with you. And uh, I'm, I'm super excited about being in Razorback Stadium tomorrow and being able to experience that. And uh, next year when Tennessee comes to play Razorback, I may be one of those idiots on the front row that are half orange and half red because I'm a house divided uh, uh, <laughs> because uh, uh, Razorback football is something very, very special, just like my Tennessee balls. You're listening to the Eastside Liquor Halftime Podcast. Check out the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast at HitThatLine.com. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? 
That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.